Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. And as you can tell, my voice is very raspy this uh, this episode here, but we're going to battle through it. I'm here with Coach Manchie. Coach, big weekend at the at the state track meet, huh? It's great to see, you know, so many incredible athletes, parents, coaches, things like that. You, you got to witness it firsthand. Um, so maybe share kind of a little bit about that, you know, for our listeners before we get in with Clay here, who's, who's going to be our guest. Yeah, that whole state track experience is, is pretty unique in that, you know, you go to a normal track meet around, you know, the state of Wisconsin during the season, and it's, you know, probably not the most exciting situation and, and not a ton of fans, but, you know, you have some, a lot of competitors compete and getting a lot better, and then you go down to the state track, which is at lacrosse, and they do an unbelievable job of, of running that state meet, they've been doing it for years, and all of a sudden there's, you know, 20,000 people there. You know, and the, and the stands are, are packed and there's people everywhere and there's a lot of college coaches. And, and then there's so many great athletes. Boy, the Stevens Point uh, runner, just national record, you know, set the state record, national record. I mean, it was just so many great performances. And, you know, you have all three divisions, a lot of small schools that, you know, for example, in our area, we don't really see. And, and there's so many great athletes and so much great coaching going on. It's just awesome to, to be a part of it. Well, Dino, tell us a little bit. You guys had some had some of your throwers both in the Fox Valley throws, and um, obviously Kimberly. I mean, you guys did pretty well. Kids that represented, they did well. They competed, things like that, right? Yeah, we had 11, 11 throwers go down from the club and uh, compete at the state meet, and nine were in the top ten. And we had oh, some state oh. champs and, and a lot of podium uh, people that got on the podium and, and meddled and, and just made a big impact for their teams. We had a Gavin Fritch who, from Little Shoot, he won both the state shot put and the discus. And then uh, the three Kimberly guys that I happen to coach, all three got on the podium. So we got two that were all state and shot put, one that went in discus. And the, it was just one of those situations as a coach that, you know, you get a few more gray hairs, that heart rate goes up, but it came down to that last event. And it was us in lacrosse central and we needed to um, our discus throw Sean Brandt needed to get sixth place or above and the weather conditions were, were not very good. It was rain. The rain was real slippery. And, and Sean came through and, and got a fifth place um, podium and um, just did an unbelievable job. Didn't let the weather get to him at all. We call that, you know, our warrior call dial, you know, where are you, dialed in, you know, what were you need to be to perform well? And he knew that conditions weren't real good and he just did an excellent job. And we took second state runner ups by one point. So every point at a state meet is, is crucial. Well, before we bring, bring uh, Clay Schefter on, who's a linebacker at Winona state, I want to give a shout out to a, um, a former teammate of mine, his daughter, some former teammate, Jared Washburn and Carrie Washburn, who I both went to Oshkosh with. Jared obviously pitched for the Anaheim Angels. Uh, he was our starter in our national championship win. Kerry was a multi-national champ at Oshkosh and Track. Their daughter, Ava, won the long jump, won the triple jump, won the 100-meter hurdles, and took second in the 300-meter hurdles to score 38 points. And that 38-point total by herself won Webster the division three girls state championship. So huge shout out to Ava. Um, Jared's got incredible kids, incredible athletes and um, two boys that play baseball in college. And, but uh, she might be the best of them. So, 
But anyways, let's let's get to Clay here. Dean, Clay's uh, your second cousin, correct? Absolutely. Yep. So Clay, Clay went to Final Act Spring or St. Mary Springs, sorry. Um, and he's currently a linebacker at Winona State. Clay, you over there? Yes, sir. Thanks we're, for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, bud. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself here before we get going? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I grew up in a small town outside of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, called uh, St. Cloud. Um, went to St. Mary Springs High School, where I participated in basketball and track. Had a pretty good football career there. We were able to, you know, go to state, win, uh, go to state, and win three times out of my four years there. Um, then I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, continue on and play football now at Winona State, where um, just finishing up my undergrad, and then we going to pursue a master's and finish up my football stuff here so holy smokes three out of four huh that's pretty good jesus that yeah, was what, it was pretty special there by in the fox valley Christ, you got kimberly winning five in a row you guys winning three out of four good lord can we get some other players around the state here <laughs> good lord um no that's awesome that's that's awesome it's good to hear that you did other sports as well um so you know this is kind of that time of year right where kids are graduating and, you know, some of them are going off to school and things like that. You mentioned you're from a small town, St. Cloud. What was it like for you to make that transition now to go to Winona State, which is out of state, it's a bigger school, uh, to play football at a very high level because you guys are very competitive and things like that. So tell us a little bit about your transition and maybe some things that helped you kind of get through, you know, those first years or, or anything like that. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh I had 58 kids when I graduated uh, high school, which is very small <laughs> compared to most. So my graduating class from Springs was 58. And then I went on here. I think we have like 8,000 students or something like that. So I used to take pride in knowing all my uh, students are all, all my classmates by name, first and last name. And now here it's like, can't even wrap my head around everything and don't even know most of the people I go to class with every day. But uh, no, it's, it was different. It was definitely a culture shock. Obviously, anytime you go from high school to college, it's a growing up process and something you're not really used to. So it was definitely different. I mean, I think guys that I surrounded myself with are also small town kids. So we all kind of went through it together. Like my roommate, my freshman year, he played nine man football and had 26 kids in his graduating class. So we were all kind of going through it together, which, you know, helps a lot. So just kind of surrounding myself with people that are in the same boat as I am. You know, we're all on the football team together. We all came from small towns. We uh, got our football teams. We were the guys that did everything, offense, defense, special teams didn't really matter. So I feel like that helped a lot, just surrounding myself with people that are obviously in the same situation. Did you figure that out like right away? Like did you, you, you needed kind of like a base of support or was it something that you kind of learned gradually? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's a big change, right? No matter what level of athletics, no matter what the sport is, when you come from, you know, from high school, where typically you're the big dog, you know what I mean? When you're going to play, no matter if it's division one or division three, um, to now you're, you're with everybody was a big dog. So are there some things that, that clicked for you maybe that, 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 you know, really helped you get, get going? Yeah, I think, um, kind of just the mentality you got to have when you, for anyone to play like a college sport, like especially being a freshman coming in there, you just got to kind of expect to be at the bottom of the food chain and got to be hungry enough to want to, you know, work your way back up to the top so you can, you know, be that guy again and, you know, be starting and be playing, you know, a bunch of snaps and everything like that. So I think it's just kind of a mindset, you know, surrounding, obviously surrounding yourself with great people that have that same mindset is a good thing to do as well. Cause that's something that I kind of did 
you know, just surrounding myself with people that, you know, aren't in it for, you know, the Jersey and everything like that guys that, you know, love football and guys that want to play just not just because it's cool and it's popular that uh, because they actually like love the sport and, you know, do a lot for it and are willing to make sacrifices. So. Clay, a little shout out to some of your teammates that are Kimberly graduates. We got Brett Peroni there and Griffin Weagle and Tanner Johnson just transferred there as well. So if your teammates had to describe your best qualities that you bring to the team, what would they say about you? Uh, I'd say, I would hope they would say at least that I'm a hard worker, you know, that I'm consistent. You know, I'm always early to everything and I'm always trying to be, you know, the hardest worker in the room because obviously that stuff sticks out when coaches are watching or even, you know, it's people like walking by, you know, looking in the weight room, you know, guys, they sit there and watch, you know, people take note and stuff like that of who's working hard and, who's doing stuff the correct way. So I feel like definitely being consistent. You know, I feel like I'm a pretty consistent football player. I don't feel like I don't do anything too flashy, but I'm consistent with everything I do. And I'll just work hard because, you know, you can't outbeat or you can't outwork hard work. So I feel like those are the two things that, you know, I hope my teammates would say about me that I feel like I bring to the table each and every day. Well, Clay, no doubt about it. You know, you got that that farm family background and, you know, you got that work ethic. I got my shirt on today. I know the People can't see it, but Kimberly, we got the word on the front work, W-R-K, and we got that, the maker K is for the K at the end of work. But uh, there's no doubt about it that when those guys, when I talk to them, when they come back and from in the summer, they're training and, you know, I ask them how things are going and you've been a great help to them. So it, it tells me a lot about your leadership. And then they all say the exact same thing. I mean, you just come come down, put the blue collar hat on and, and you get after it. And, and you really love the game of football. I remember when you were in high school playing for coach Highland and St. Mary Springs, which is an incredible football program, by the way, coach bot, but um, I just loved your passion. You know, you were playing both sides of the ball. You were just, you were all over the field, but you just look like you just have so much fun playing. And, you know, that's, I think is so important. Some of these individuals, these kids, they go to college and, you know, I think they want to go play football because maybe they're getting some of that attention. You know, they get the social media tweets. But I think once you get on campus, then it becomes a whole different, you know, it becomes a grind. And I think you really got to love it if you really want to, you know, get you the max out of your potential and really make sure you can stay there for the whole duration. Yeah, most definitely. I agree, you know. I feel like when you come to college, you know, you're clean, everything gets clean slated and everything like that. You know, everyone's on the same playing field and you just got to earn your name, you know, earn your respect, you know, earn your reps each and every day. You know, I can't, especially in college football, you can't take practices off because, you know, that guy that's right behind you on the depth chart or that guy that wants to play more or worse than you do. So, you know, you just got to keep coming every day and work consistently, you know. That's what, uh, that's probably what I like about most about college football is that there's no time to, you know, sit around and, you know, go, go through the motions. It's got to be 110%, you know, full attention to details. So that's probably what I would definitely say I love the most about it. It's the attention to, de uh, to details to be, uh, you know, successful. I think that's so important. And I, I think football is such a great game to teach at for the rest of your life and how important attention to detail is. You know, we see so many, so many people coming to the workforce nowadays that they haven't learned that. They, they've just gone through everything. They've gone to school and they've kind of just gone – that's why for me, you know, I love hiring athletes because that, that's ingrained in an athlete is attention, detail, and consistency. Um, Clay, so 
as an athlete, right, you're going to face some adversity and face some struggles and, and things like that. Maybe share uh, one time where you had something that you had, you had struggled with or you faced some adversity, whether it's personally or, or, or in sport, that, that you overcame and just kind of how you went about your business with that because kids these days are facing a lot of different challenges. And whether it's COVID, whether it's, you know, the schools, whether it's a mask, whether it's, you know, so many other things that are going on that, um, you know, maybe something that you struggled with uh, and then how you overcame it. Yeah, so uh, my freshman year here at Winona, kind of just getting into the transition of things, finally starting to get comfortable. This was like October, and um, I actually uh, had a brother that passed away during that time. So we're like in the middle of the football season. I was kind of at the point where I was suiting up for games. But uh, they didn't want to pull my red shirt because of just, you know, and everything like that. But I suited games to uh, just to see, like, if someone went down that I need to play. So I was kind of in the middle of all that. We are getting ready to play a big game at home. And then uh, I got word that my brother passed away in a hunting accident. So I had to pack up and go home for a little bit, you know, kind of just be with family, you know, take my mind off everything for a little bit and uh, – Obviously, anytime you lose someone in your, your family that's been very close to you, it's obviously a very big struggle and something, you know, you hope no one ever has to go through. But, you know, sometimes life throws you the curveball, you know, you just got to roll with the punches. But I feel like uh, the stuff that got me through that are my teammates and just my the fa- or my family back home, knowing that we had such a great community of people watching over them. That was just like very, uh, very like calming to me knowing that I didn't have to worry about them every second of the day I know people were watching after them and and then my parents obviously knew didn't know you know my uh new friends that well because I was just been at college for you know two months everything like that you know they're always worried about me but I was pretty confident with the people that I found right away and surrounded myself with that you know we were all going to be okay you know everything was going to be all right you know obviously there's still you know a piece of my heart that's missing now but uh, the people that I surrounded myself with uh, really helped out a lot. So shout think, out to them. I think one of the most unique things is, you know, and I grew up in Alaska, which at the time only had like eight or 9,000 people in it, you know, but having, living in a smaller town, uh, a lot of people, like you said, you know, know each other. And so it's really, I hate to say it's really nice. And when someone passes away, but it's, it's really refreshing that people are there, you know, support and they're there for you. Um, whether they're, whether they know you or not, it seems like, uh, some of those smaller towns in, in our state, which is really awesome. You know, people really do come together. So that's, you know, that's good that they did that for you. Yeah. Most definitely very thankful for, uh, the Fond du Lac community and, you know, all the surrounding community as well. They did a phenomenal job, you know, supporting me and my family through that time. So obviously the, a lot of friendships have came about from that. You know, every time I go home, I'm just reminded of, reminded and how thankful I am for, you know, everyone that's back home. So can't forget about them. Even when you move away as an athlete, your home will always be your home. And those people are always rooting for you. 110%. Clay, them are unbelievable points that you yeah. just made there. And, you know, that's why athletics is so special because of that brotherhood and those relationships you build and that all that community support. And I know that it's people like that in the community that's really helped us as a family get through you know, that, that situation. Let's switch to the football part right now. You're going through a coaching change at Winona State. And yes, uh, you know, we're doing the same thing at Kimberly High School right now. So what advice would you say or give to any of the athletes right now in your program or any athletes that are listening out there that are going through that same situation? 
Yeah, I just say be patient. You know, a lot of guys, like especially now with the transfer portal being such a big thing, you know, jump ship right away. You know, coach is leaving. I don't know what, you know, what the future brings. So I want some clarity. So I'm just going to jump ship and, you know, try to find somewhere else. It's like, just be patient. Everything's going to be okay. You know, you know, you got to have faith in your uh, athletic uh, staff and everything like that, that they'll find someone, you know being part I was a little bit of a part of the coaching hiring process like we went in and kind of stressed uh as like a leadership group what we wanted in a coach and some values and some uh you know some characteristics that we wanted in one and you know our athletic director listened to us and he brought a good coach in coach Brian Bergstrom does a good job you know been with him for about six months now and you know every day he's bringing new bringing new stuff to the table he brought a great coaching staff with him so you know we're consistently just you know biting at the bit getting ready for the season you know but uh yeah they did a good job with him he does awesome but just being patient overall you know your questions you probably have a million questions when you get a coaching change but uh you know you just gotta be patient you know those questions will be answered sooner or later they're not gonna you know get into the season and not have a football coach for you or a coach in general so just gotta be patient you know everything's gonna buff out this You'll get to the end of the tunnel and your answers will be, you know, right there in front of you. I think being patient is, is just a great, great message that to all athletes and, and to, you know, even people in the program and the fans and community and everything. But I also think it's sometimes it's kind of an exciting experience for athletes as well. It's an opportunity to probably come in and, and show all their off season hard work uh, to new people. And, and now you're not going to be judged from what happened like last season or, or on film, it's kind of a whole different situation. And I know, you know, that's one of the reasons why people go to camps. we got a lot of football kids and a lot of athletes just going to lots of camps now in the summer. And, you know, they're trying to impress those college coaches. And it's kind of the same situation that you got going on at Winona. And I know for our situation at Kimberly High School, this kid's got an opportunity now, you know, then earn a starting spot and, and to impress um, different a different head coach and, and some new coaches. So I think that's a very exciting time as an athlete and in a program. Yeah, I agree. I mean, change is always good. You know, coach Sawyer did a good job for 26 years, but you know, he saw his time was coming that he needed to move on. And, you know, he made a business decision that, you know, he needed to do for his family as well. So change is good. Don't think change is always bad. So that's a big thing. You know, everyone doesn't like change, doesn't like to overcome different challenges, but Sometimes it's for the better, so. Absolutely, and I think once, you know, you get a new coach in there and, and they're going to bring different ideas and it's another great way as coaches to learn, you know, from, from another head coach. And then obviously as, as players too, because that's the nice thing about football is I think is so much different is you have so many different football coaches that I think every athlete can connect to some coach on the staff. You know, because there's all different kinds of personalities and maybe it's not your unit coach, but maybe it's a coordinator, or maybe it's the head coach. But I think um, the difference there is, I think, as far as a lifestyle and as a long lasting impression to really help you and, and get better is you're going to find someone that you're going to connect with. And, and that person's going to make a big positive difference in your life. Most definitely couldn't agree more, you know, Coach Bergstrom does a good job. You know, his first two days here, he uh, was in the office for 14 hours just talking with us. You know, each each player came in there and had like a 10-minute meeting with them, you know, kind of in and out just so he can, you know, kind of relate to us and get to know us. You know, obviously, we're trying to get
get to know him. He's trying to get to know us, you know, see what kind of players we are, what kind of people we are on and off the field. So I think uh, it's good. It, the change was good. The change is needed, but uh, everything's good now and we're rolling with it. So. So play, obviously you talked about the three state championships and some other success you've had. Maybe talk about something that you've achieved that you've really had to work for. Um, and that's you're something you're, it's something that you're really proud of, you know, something that's a high level achievement. Um, but also some of the work that went into to getting you there. Yeah. So, uh, my, uh, after my redshirt year, I redshirted my first year in Winona, uh, that going to that next season, my, so my, my redshirt freshman year was my first year playing back and everything. Uh, I was a big special teams guy the first like four games, you know, kind of earning my role, getting a few snaps here every once in a while at the linebacker position. And then uh, we had, an, unfortunately, our Mike linebacker went down with an injury and uh, kind of a season ending injury. So I was just thrown into the mix there and really had no choice but to sink or swim at the Mike linebacker spot because our Mike linebacker does all of our stuff for us. He sets the front and he makes all the checks, you know, changes the play if we need to be. He's singling in everything for everyone. So he does it all. And uh, I was thrown in the mix there and I had two senior, you know, linebackers next to me along with a lot of seniors up front on the defensive line. It's like, you know, I don't want to let these guys down. It's their last opportunity to play and everything like that. So ended up leading the team in tackles and interceptions that year. And uh, we won a lot of games, which was very promising. You know, my, that year we lost one game when I started, you know, starting at my line, Mike linebacker, which was, you know, very pleasing, something I'm very proud of, something I can always hang my hat on. And then uh, this last year, uh, I was fortunate enough to be selected to be a first team all conference. And that's, you know, two situations where I'm very proud of myself. You know, obviously a lot of work had to be put in to get in that spot, you know, just being consistent in the weight room, you know, um, meeting with my teammates, you know, trying to absorb everything, all the knowledge, you know, that I can get because playing football, you need a very high IQ, you know, in terms of like scheme and, and opponents in general. So just a lot of, a lot of work, just being consistent every day, you know, helped out a lot. Like I talked about earlier, just consistently just biting at the bit, you know, until uh, you get the results that you want. Well, the other thing, and what I hear from you is that you were prepared to play before you had to play. And that's a, that's a big, um, that's a great message to send because a lot of kids get into their own shit where they're just like, well, you know, he's playing now, you know, maybe when he's done, you know, I'll get to play, you know, they kind of just write them, they kind of write themselves out for, for what I've seen at the college level or even the high school level, probably like 80% of the guys opportunities come from either getting on special teams or when a guy goes down from an injury to play right and so those are the two areas right you have to really be prepared special teams you know some guys you know they love them they're like oh my gosh you get to get on the field and they embrace it and they, they that's how they get more opportunities some guys are like oh i gotta run down and kick off you know and they pout and they complain and typically those are the guys don't play the other guys are, are the guys that get their opportunities you know, middle of a Saturday afternoon because the guy gets hurt and you get thrown right in the mix. You know, maybe you were expecting to play, maybe you weren't, but you were prepared and, you know, you put your best foot forward, had a good game, and then they kept kept rolling with you, right? Yeah, most definitely. Um, Yeah, I just say, like, I'm, I always like to compete. I'm a big competitor, and uh, it don't matter when it is in the season. You know, you're always competing for a spot. They can always make a midseason change. It's happened plenty of times before, so always being prepared, you know, always betting on yourself. It's just something that you need to be, keep consistent with all the time. So. Clay, what really attracts you to the game of football? Cause I know you played other sports, 
and, and you competed, but why football one? And then two, who or what really motivates you the most, even, even right now at the college level? Uh, I would say what attracts me to the game is just like the grind. I feel like I love like the process of everything, like watching film, lifting, running. I feel like I love all that stuff just as much as, no, I like playing, not like quite like playing games, but I feel like I love all that stuff so much that I, it just attracts me to playing football all the time. You know, every, every day I'm thinking about like what kind of lift I got, what do we got for running? You know, how, how much weight am I going to put on the bar today? You know, what's my sheet say, you know, how, how can I get better today? Just kind of little stuff like that, that I'm always like just constantly thinking about in my head. And then uh, a guy that I really like love the most and model my, try to model my game after, but it's very challenging because this guy is top notch is Luke Keekley. You know, he's, Got a little man crush on him. He's a great player. I'm pretty sure I shed a tear the day he retired. But, uh, you know, he was a great, great football player. His IQ is insane. And I always think about every time I think about him, I just think about those two plays against the Cowboys when he, yep. you know, made the check, picked Tony Romo off, had a pick six in that, or two picks in that game. And, you know, that's just, that's just second to none. You know, a lot of study, a lot of time went into that. And, you know, obviously he's a great player and hopefully gets in the Hall of Fame here sooner or later. Well, it's interesting you brought up Luke Keekley because he, he's a favorite of mine. And, you know, another Kimberly grad who we had on a podcast already is A.J. Klein. And he was teammates with, with Luke Keekley, and they're really good friends. And when he'd come back in the weight room, you know, in the offseason, and we, we would talk, and he would just just constantly just go over, you know, situations, just working out how competitive he was, how competitive he was in the film room and being there and doing all the extra. And he knew exactly what guys' tendencies were. And he was calling out plays before they were gone. And he just said, just one, an incredible athlete, two, an incredible person. And then three, you know, he, he does everything he can. Talk about that process. He really enjoyed the process of every day improving, getting better, and then being able to do that in front, in front of millions of people. You know, whether it's TV, whether it's a a packed stadium with 80,000 people in it, but just that thrill of being able to compete and, and be there for your teammates is, is one of the biggest things AJ would constantly say is just the, the utmost respect for him and the way he plays the game. I think, you know, a lot of times we see some situations that aren't good examples in the NFL. And Luke obviously is, is the epitome of how the game should be played. Yeah, most of I couldn't couldn't agree more with you. Uh, yeah, just doing the little stuff is goes a long way. You know, staying after and you know doing something simple as a ten minute mobility session after lift, so your body's feeling better for the next day, or just you know ten minute, extra minutes of film. It's not very hard. You know, everything is like right next. Right for film wise, it's always in your pocket. Like you can watch film on your phone. You can watch on your laptop. You can watch it basically anywhere so it's like you ultimately like don't even have an excuse you know not to do the little things it's like it's just a little effort that's all so clay you know with the summer coming up uh with with summer conditioning pretty much starting um across the board <coughs> excuse me um give us something that the athletes can use for a competitive advantage as they get ready for their summer training yeah i'd say like we kind of just talked about before is just do the little things you know uh show up early, do a little extra stretching before, you know, you start your dynamic warm-up or 
whatever warm up you do that day, you know, come a little early, get a little extra loose. You know, it's always never heard about a guy complaining about how this kid's too mobile. He can't move good or he can move too good. You know, no one ever complains about that. And, you know, stay, stay extra, do something after, you know, do an extra superset of whatever you had that day or something else, whatever your body part you're working, do an extra superset, you know, just do the little things, put a little extra work. And always, I would say, always stay in the film, film, watching film may not be the most glamorous thing in the world, but it's something easy. It's just something like get your mind thinking about plays, your playbook, what situations you could be putting, you know, out there. So just kind of doing the little things can go, you know, extremely long way during your season. One of the things we talk about is doing what's expected is expected. I mean, it, it, whatever's on the card, that's expected. You know, like you said, the little things like staying after, um, working mobility, understanding what your weaknesses are and attacking them and things like that. So um, that's a great message. Dean, you got anything else for him? No, I think it's, it's so important. And I think at the high school level, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids are going to lift the weights. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to work hard. They're going to do those things that, you know, the coaches expect or the program expects. But when it comes to the film, I think with technology, just like Clay just mentioned, it's, it's right in your hand. You know, you can most, most of the huddle situation, you know, the film is, is, is right in their hand. They can be viewing it on their phone. And I just think it's one of the things that kids can really get that competitive advantage is most athletes and student athletes are visual learners. And so right there, if you got it in your hand, there's, there's no reason or no excuse that athletes shouldn't be putting that extra time in. I always say coaches spend a lot of time with scheme and they do their part as an athlete. I think it's their right to be able to respect the coach's time away from their families and make sure they're doing their part. And not only is it going to help the team, but it's going to help the individual as well. I think a lot of times we talk about Luke Keekley going back to AJ Klein. Yes, Luke Keekley was fast, and, but he was a lot faster because he knew what was going on out there. It's the old phrase paralysis through analysis. If you're thinking as a linebacker, you, Clay, you can contest it. If you're out there thinking and you're trying to look at all the moving pieces of 11 individuals on the other side of the ball, you're going to end up being slow, even if you're fast. So I, that is such a huge point, I think, to the high school athletes out there and the college athletes. And I know the same at the at the NFL level. You know, it, it, for example, like Luke Keekley, that's what gave him such a competitive advantage at an elite level like the NFL. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I, the point I like that you brought up is like playing slow, even though you could be a fast player because you don't know what you're doing. It sticks out like a sore thumb. You know how athletic some of these players are nowadays and how fast they actually are, but some of them play so slow because they're not sure what they're supposed to do or what their responsibility is. So they just kind of play slow and hesitate, you know, and once you hesitate, you know, like I said, the speed will kill. It'll show out there. So being prepared is probably the best thing to do, you know, consistently, whether it's, you know, doing the little things like we were talking about or, you know, even just get a little knowledge on your, you know, your or your, uh, your competition that week, you know, doing a little research on them, stuff they've done in the past, places they played, maybe walk, going back. And if he's a younger kid watching his high school huddle film, you know, I've done that before, played a freshman QB one year went back and watched his high school huddle film because I didn't know a thing about him. You know, just doing a little research like that can go a long way. Yeah, it's so important. You know, it, you see so many kids work their tails off to, to you know, increase their data, their measurables. You know, they're going to get the 40-yard dash up. They're going to get their pro agility up. 
they're going to get their flying 10, you know, up. But then when it comes to something like that, visually where you can really study it, watch their film, then they won't do that part of it. And I think that's the biggest, you know, gap separator that if you can do both of those and then you are a much better and much faster athlete on the football field. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. That's 110% true. Being prepared is, you know, the best thing to do, you know, knowing everything about your competition. Well, I think coaches, we have to promote that. You know, I mean, the, the, the quote I always hear as I'm in the performance realm is, well, how does that transfer to the field? Well, if you, the guy knows where he's supposed to go or the girl knows where she's supposed to go all the time, they can play fast. So those numbers and that strength and that explosiveness that they have built over the course of the offseason, now they can turn it loose on the field. So a lot of that, you know, when kids, you know, get faster, but it doesn't show up on the court, a lot of it is they just don't know what they're doing. And they haven't really prepared from a mental side. Um, because again, when you look at the best players to play the game, you look at a guy like a Ray Lewis, when you hear him talk, I went to work on Monday and I did this, this, this. Then I went on Tuesday and I did this, this, this. And it was every single day. It was the same stuff. You know, when you master the minutia, that's when everything you can just turn it loose and play. And so I think that's a, it's a great message there, Clay. Yeah. I mean, just being consistent, like we talk about this whole podcast, just being consistent, Yeah, consistently just biting at the bit every day may not be, you know, the most glamorous stuff in the world or no one be there to praise you for it, but it's just something you got to do if you want to be a college athlete or even be a successful high school athlete. So, so Clay, like, you know, uh, off season football, you got an opportunity to go watch Jason Aldean or Luke Combs. Who are you picking? Ooh. <laughs> Now those are two tough questions. Or that's a tough question. Uh, you got front row seats, front row seats. So you get to be right up front and close to personal. Who are you going to? Uh, I, have to I have to go with Luke Combs. I was just I was on my way back to Winona today, and I think I probably listened to him for two out of three hours. So, so, so my good. wife, yeah, my wife, probably like four or five years ago, and Dean knows this. We like to go to concerts and stuff like that. She got me tickets to Luke Combs probably like four or five years ago in the Lacrosse Center. Right. And because I'm, you know, from there. So I was, you know, standing room only. And I'm like, man, I don't even know some of this guy's songs. And she's going, oh, you know, about 10 minutes into the show, I'm like, man, I love this guy, you know, but I've seen Jason Aldean as well. And he's, he's so good. So I, it's, it's nice to have a fellow, fellow country music lover on, on the show, Dean. So that's good. Can't go around with some good country music. No, absolutely. Especially during summer. Absolutely. Best time for it. Yep. We just went to Kenny Chesney two weeks ago in uh, Miller Park. So that was, spectacular yeah, how many times have you seen him but no seven seven times seven times yeah and i'd go again next week if it was if i could go so i bet she gets better every time too oh well it was so you know and you know you look at some of these people like these entertainers you know everybody talks about well, pro athletes you know to get the you know they got some of this taken away from them they had to play in the bubble in the nba i mean these entertainers just that's their life being in front of people you know, and singing their songs and speaking to people. And you could just tell, I, I could tell that there's just a little different emotion, you know, from him singing because you could tell like the energy that he had and things like that. So it's, it's really nice that everything's kind of back to normal here. But Clay, anything else for our listeners that you got before we let Dean talk about his Fox Valley Throws Club some more? No, sir. I really <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on. Big fan of you both. Keep doing your thing out there in Madison and in the Fox Valley. I'll probably yeah. see you soon, Uncle Dean. That's awesome. I'm going to be checking your progress throughout the year. Wish you good luck in the season and <coughs> be around, always get in contact with me. And 
And uh, whatever I can do to help you out, brother, that's what I it's all about. I Clay, appreciate what that. Tell you what are you going to school for? Uh, management information systems and management are oh. my double major right now. So thanks. Very good. Very good. That's awesome. We'll do well with that. Dean, give us a little Fox Valley Throws Club. We got we got started up. Gripes State Tracks out. We got to fire it this summer. Yeah, tomorrow we start already. We got uh, morning session, eleven to twelve thirty, and we got an afternoon session, five to six thirty. So, look, very exciting. We got some middle school kids, high school kids, college kids coming back. So we got some newcomers, and then we got some people that already been in the club that want to continue to get better. So super excited. We had our episode sixty one guest, Mike Hardy, Coach yep. Hardy, helps me with the Fox Valley Throws Club, and I get a little shout out to Coach. Um, Klotz, who was, was an All-American thrower at UW Oshkosh, who threw under Pat Ebel, who's the Auburn Throws coach. She will be there to help out as well. And uh, I also got Bill Richards, who I know Coach Richards has been coaching track for a long time. He just had a female athlete, a freshman on the podium for Ozaki yep. High School. Yep. And uh, he's an avid podcast listener. And then I got a past student athlete of mine that helps me out as well. Alex Wagner. So it's going to be a great time this summer. Really looking forward to it. Well, the other thing that I like about your club, Dean, is that, you know, as it's grown, you're still ultimately involved in it all the time. You know, and that's something I think at Sports Advantage that I try and take a lot of pride into is on a day-to-day things as I'm still present. Now, am I at every gym, you know, every day? Obviously, no, can't be. Um, but that's something I think really speaks to you know, the Fox Valley throws, you have, you know, the person that's running the club at the, the, the throwing sessions on a daily basis. So um, it's been awesome to watch that grow. And it's awesome to see your kids grow. Um, we're excited, Dean, because we got, you know, news. We start with Mauston tomorrow, a new school. Um, you know, our Dells program starts. Edgewood's already up and running. Beaver Dam's program. And we've got consulting programs now in Bayport and De Pere up in your area. So, um you know, we're really excited to be working with the high schools now on a little bit more intimate level, um, really trying to help the coaches out uh, with knowledge and education. We have a couple more schools uh, that are getting ready to hop on board. So again, our message with Sports Advantage is whatever we can do to help your athletes, we're here for you. And, and that's true. And I think anybody that's worked with us understands that that's what we do. So Clay, we loved having you on. We appreciate it. Um, get after it this summer. Have an awesome year. Dino, good luck on the Fox Valley throws here this week, and we will see everybody next time. Chop it.